0: good morning everyone sure is good to see see you this morning it really is i hope you've had a great time as we worship the lord this morning if you would turn your bible to matthew the 23rd chapter this morning matthew the 23rd chapter if you would please and um boy sure is good to see brother johnny back there isn't it he walked in back there and i'm gonna tell you something i didn't recognize him I'm, i'm proud of you sir i really am I don't know whether I'd want to live in your house because it don't look like your wife's feeding you anything back there, brother. But anyway, it's good. It's good to see him back, isn't it? Amen. Good to see Miss Bev back with us and brother. I get you now. I'll start to call brother Tom. Lord help. I'm just having a tough time this morning. But anyway, uh, I, I thought about this. I, I've been praying about this message and I started on it about a month ago and I just sort of threw it aside and uh, never really even got a point to to share. And then and then the Lord just in the past. Uh, probably five or six days really brought it back up to me. And and, and so I, you know, I thought about church, and I thought about how church is truly full of part-time Christians. It really is. You know, if you go to churches that still have Wednesday night services, you'll find out there's fewer and fewer people there on Wednesday night services. I saw in a community connection um, thing with uh, ministry connections, what it's called. And, and I saw in there, and there was one gentleman who was... Praising the Lord. He said, we had the same number of people back on Sunday evening that they had on Sunday morning. He says, first time it's ever happened in the history of the church. I'm going to tell you something. That shows me that church is serious about the Lord's business. And we have to be very careful because this scripture right here deals with what the Lord calls hypocrites. Hypocrites, and I said, I think a Wednesday night or two ago, and all I said that each and every one of us sitting here at night, we we're hypocrites in our lives sometimes. Maybe not all the time. Maybe some more than others. Maybe you're like me, and I'm like that most of the time. I hate to say it, but anyway, the uh, Lord's working on me. Aren't you glad the Lord's working on each and every one of us? But Amen. Amen. I thought about hell is full of a lot of part-time church people. You know what I'm not saying? Part-time Christians. But I believe I believe because we have a lot of part-time people in our church, we have a lot of the hell to be full of with a lot of part-time church people, and it's, I'm gonna tell you something. There's no in between. You're either born again, and you're going to heaven, or you're not born again, and you're going to hell. There's no in between. I, you know, I, I don't care what church says, What there is no purgatory, there is no place that you lay in limbo and somebody prays you out or anything like that, or, or all of a sudden Lord looks down and He said, you know, I thought about you for a little while and I think, well, maybe you did good enough, I'm just going to go ahead and let you come to heaven. It's either, you're either saved or you're lost, there's no in-between there. That's right. But if you're there in the scripture this morning... Uh, let's just start with verse one. It says, "Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, "The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, but observe and do, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. I thought about well, this a lot of church people. It really is. <laughs> talking about hypocrites, talking about the Pharisees. There's a lot of Pharisees in church because you know something? It, it always seems like the ones that want to tell you how church ought to run, how this program ought to be, how they, they're sort of part-time Christians or part-time people here. They're the ones that are not lit, lifting a finger to do anything in the house of God. Yeah. And this is the way these men were verse 5 but all their works they do for to be seen of men they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feast and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets to be called of men rabbi rabbi we have a lot of people that sit in the house of God today that they want people to think they're something that they're really not. These men, the Bible says, were hypocrites. You know, I, 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 I not only do I see where it says they're hypocrites, but if you go on down to verse 13, skip down to verse 13, it says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves. Be careful. So we can be hypocritical. Be careful, but instead of being a part-time Christian, we can be just a part-time church goer. I believe the Lord's saying here that there are lost people, that these were lost people according to what he wrote right here. But many, many people back then thought they were someone because of their religious believing, because they were considered to be religious leaders. I looked up that word hypocrite in the old Webster and it says a person who puts on a false appearance or virtue or religion. And then up under that, the second part of that says persons who act in, in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs. How often do we act totally different than what we tell people that we are? You get what I'm saying? A lot more than probably we want to admit there, if you go back to the old language in the Strongs, it calls it an actor. The hypocrite calls it an actor under an assumed character, a stage player. And we have to be very careful because a lot of times we as Christians, you know what? We're good players. We put on good acts. We could be in a Broadway musical sometimes the way that we live our lives and what we preach here. And, 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 and actually, it said in there, figuratively, a disassembler. I thought about that, a disassembler, a hypocrite, a disassembler. Man, you know, you know what that said to me that when I read that right there? It, it said that it's someone that they act in a way, they, that, that they're a stage player, whatever you want to call it, but they disassemble God's plan for us as Christians. Because His plan was that we live a life like the Lord Jesus Christ that people want to have. That joy that he brings. His plan was to walk as Christ walked and win the loss. That was his goal for each and every one of us. And can can I just remind us today what the Lord says in 2 Timothy chapter 3. There in verse 1 it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. I hate to say this, I love myself a little bit too much every once in a while. Maybe more than I even don't want to admit. What about you this morning? Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Now I thought about that. You know, I was disobedient to my parents, but it wasn't right to their face. I'm not proud of what I did, but this day and time, young people stand right up in their parents' face and talk to them in a way that I'm going to tell you something, my teeth would have got knocked down my throat. My dad's lucky that he's not in jail. If he lived this day and time, I'd have to go to the jailhouse to visit my dad on the weekends. And he never abused me, though. He never abused me. It says that they're unthankful, we're unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I think that's our biggest problem. We love the pleasures of life more than we love our God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, for such turn away. That's God talking to us right there. That's His Word. I believe today the church is full of part-time Christians. We see it even here in our church. And the Bible says over in the Old Testament, for such a time as this, this is a time that I just read to you that we're going in and going through and having right now at this time. And the prophet Micah said in chapter 6 and verse 8, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. May we pray this morning, Father in heaven, I come before you, Lord Jesus, and I just, I ask you, oh, Savior, would you just meet with us today, Father? Would you take my brain and my thoughts and anything that I'd want to say, Lord Jesus, would you just completely take it away? And Father, would you use my mouth as your mouthpiece today? Lord, I pray that you would just stir our hearts, Lord Jesus, that we would examine our own lives, including me. Lord, I've been examining my life a lot in this past week as I've studied this. And, Lord, I see how big a hypocrite I truly am. I know that you're not happy with that. So, Father, may we examine our lives and and change what we need to change to serve you and to walk with you in the way that you want us to. And, Lord, I always pray this when there's this many gathered, Father, for the one or the two or how many ever may be sitting here, Lord Jesus, and they're just part-time churchgoers. Or maybe full-time churchgoers, Lord Jesus, they don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, would you just, through the power of the Holy Spirit, draw on their heartstrings today. And would you make a difference in their life, O Lord God. And I ask these things in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Where it says there to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Uh, this is not the first time that the prophet has dealt with this situation. He says there that I'm, I, 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 he, he has showed thee. He's already done this. You come into this house of God. Maybe you go to a different church you're visiting with us today. But you come into the house of God and you are shown from the scriptures how we should live our life, how we should live our life each and every time that we meet in this house right here. And it's a little bit same as it was with the prophet right here. He's already dealt with what the Lord requires of thee. And that's dealt with from this pulpit week in and week out. And, and what the Lord requires of you and of I is to, is to be here, to study, study His Word and to walk with Him and to be used by Him in the way that He wants us to be used. We are to walk humbly, it says there, with our Lord. Why do we walk humbly? So we can show the love and the kindness that the Lord Jesus Christ put into us the day that he saved our soul. So that we may have that mercy and compassion that the Lord Jesus Christ had for each and every one of us. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly? That word there. Very important. We're to justly live for the Lord, not part time. The other week, I said something about how we 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 sometimes we're we, we're, we're like divorced children of divorced parents, where we uh, you know we we have a dad that visits with us like maybe once a month or maybe a couple of times a month and everything. He wants to visit with us each and every day of our life. He wants us to have communion with him in the daytime, in the morning time, in the evening time, uh, during the day, as he tells us to pray without ceasing. He wants to be there for us. I thought about that part-time stuff. I had a gentleman that I was dealing with probably about seven or eight years ago. And he was struggling finding good work. And he, he found a job that was a job. And as he met with them, they said, You know, you proved to us that you're a good worker. And you can do this and you can do that. We're going to start you part-time. And you're going to be on call. And you, you proved to us. And it'll work in the next six or eight weeks or maybe three months. It'll work into a full-time job. And it was a, it was a good hourly wage. But you know what would happen? They would call him and he would... Want to go fishing that day, or they would call him and he was busy doing something, and so he would put them off. And he never understood how come he finally walked away from it. He never understood how come he didn't. He wasn't promoted through the company and and was given that full time work and given those great benefits that came along with it. It's because he was a part-time worker that wasn't serious about the work. Sometimes in our lives, folks, what I'm telling you, the reason we have struggles in our lives, the reason we don't build the relationship God wants us to have is because we're part-time in the book. We're part-time on our knees. We're part-time in the house of God. We're part-time walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so some of those struggles come into our life because of that. It is justly thought about that. Do you think when we stand before the Lord God of heaven, when, 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 when we're either taken up by the upper taker or we go up through the undertaker or whatever you may call on, do you think when we stand before Him, would it be considered to be justly living, to live a hypocritical life in front of others and people die and go to hell because we're not serious about what God wants us to be serious about, His business? Having that walk that he wants us to have, we need to be very careful because we can live as a hypocrite and it can cause people to die and go to hell. This morning, if I could take a few minutes and share with us how not to be a hypocrite. If you go back over to chapter 20 and, and look there with me at, at, at verse, well, at verse 29, we find, we find Jesus there as he, he's, he's departing out of Jericho. And it says that he has a great following, following there. And he comes upon these two blind men and, and, and they say to him, Dear Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. And there, verse 31, it says, And the multitudes rebuked them because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. I believe without a doubt in my mind he had this great crowd Following him, I believe the Lord Jesus was busy. I believe the Lord Jesus was overtaxed. And can I remind you that he was walking as a human on this earth at that time. Uh, He he had the best relationship anyone could have with the Father in heaven. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe he was stressed. I believe he was overworked. I believe that he had a lot going on with with him at that time. And, And it seems that those that are around him seem to care for him. And it says that they rebuked him. Rebuked those two guys. That, that all they wanted to get, they knew their only hope of seeing your only hope of salvation is to get to the Lord Jesus Christ. But so often in our lives, the way that we walk, that we rebuke people from coming to the house of God, we rebuke people from having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because they don't see Christ in the way that we live our lives. Truly, have to be so very careful. He was busy, but he took that time to care for those others' needs. Sometimes our lifestyle will be the one that rebukes someone and keep them from ever going to heaven. Be very careful about living as a hypocrite. He says there in verse 32, And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? And they say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Notice that he stopped. Can I say this to you? Sometimes we get so busy about life and so busy about our work, and, and I'm probably not one to preach on that about being too busy at work, but we get so busy with the things around us and everything that we really don't stop and care and have the compassion for those that are hurting and needing. We are an emergency room here for those that have heart problems. When we're outside of this building here that we call the church we are sometimes the, the 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 first responders that show up to those that have heart issues, that need to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, or need somebody just to stop and talk with them and love on them and have compassion for where they're at. But we don't have time to stop. I thought about this here. He stopped. He was sincere. And can I say this? People know whether we're really sincere about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as they walk, watch us yeah. walk with Him. And there in verse 34, it says, So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed Him. We need to have that same type of compassion that the Lord Jesus Christ had for those that are hurting, those that have, do not have the sight of heaven in their eyes. But what I read there mostly is where it says, they followed him. Yeah. God left us here to be the mouthpiece of the gospel. Yeah, right. To live a life where it says that we're to walk as he walked. So people see him in us. To live a life where people see the Lord Jesus Christ in us and that they will find Him as their personal Lord and Savior and they follow Him. I believe our faithfulness to Christ tells if we are hypocrites. And I believe often in our lives that our faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can really see whether somebody knows Christ as their personal Lord and Savior or not. Don't want to be considered a hypocrite. Can I say this to us today? Follow Jesus and serve Him. If you'll begin to walk with Christ, if you'll begin to follow Jesus, if you'll begin to keep your eyes focused on the Christ of the cross and serve Him and serve here in the house of God, serve outside the house of God, serve your neighbor, serve your friend, serve your family, Serve the one that's down and out, that's hurting. I'm going to tell you something. People will see that there's not a hypocritical bone in your body. I wrote this down in big black letters, so it must mean something. Often the exaggerated sense of self interferes with serving God and each other. Sometimes we think we're somebody like these Pharisees did. Sometimes we think that, boy, when we go to the bathroom, it doesn't even stink. We're such up there somewhere. But I take you back to that sixth chapter of Micah in the eighth verse there, and it says, And what doth the Lord require of thee but to to do justly and to love mercy? And it goes on to say, And to walk humbly with thy God. Many folks today in the church are like these Pharisees. We're in verse 6, back in our opening scripture, it says, and they love the uppermost rooms for feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues. You know, we got people here today, sometimes, uh, you know something, they're not workers in the church anymore. You want to know why? You want to know why, Brother Gordon? Because there's not somebody patting on the back saying, good job, well done. That's Christ's duty to do that. When we get to heaven, he's supposed to be patting us on the back saying, good job, well done, proud of you. You ran the race, Brother Keith shouldn't be for someone else to have to pat you on the back or have to keep thanking you or something like that. We ought to be doing it because we love the Lord Jesus Christ and we want to serve Him and we want to follow Him. I don't know why I got off on that. See, the people were familiar with Moses' seat. They knew what Moses' seat was. People are familiar with what the house of God stands for. There's a lot of people that They see what outside, they see what some of the people that are in the house of God, in the way they stand for Christ, and they see no desire, no need to come in and sit in the house of God. Matter of fact, these Pharisees, I believe they hated anything new. They wanted to keep people you know, there in the same old law. They wanted to keep them in hell, to be honest with you. I thought about this. I mean, look, because I don't want to use this too soon. There we go. They hated anything new. They kept people right where the law was. We never did it that way. A lot of things we've never done that way. Just being honest with you. There's a lot of things being done this day and time that 10 years ago, I'd have called them, ooh, I don't know, tell them what I'd have called them. Probably can't say it from up here. But I'm going to tell you something, they're winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're making disciples of them. They're seeing the house of God grow. They're seeing the kingdom of heaven grow because they're willing to change a little bit and reach out to those that are hurting and those that are lost and those that need a Savior. someone that, that Those that need to have love and compassion brought to them. There's ways that we can reach others. I, I thought of this right here. You know, I never ran a rescue mission. If you ask some of these guys who've been here a while, i made some mistakes. I really have. But we've made some changes, and we're seeing guys that are getting their lives together. And, and I'm going to tell you something. You get plenty of schooling. I've, I've been played. I've been played like a fiddle by some of the guys at the mission before. Hey, and you know something? We're going to run into people. If we're truly serving God the way He wants us to serve Him If we're out there trying to help those, trying to reach the lost, trying to help those that need some compassion, some love, some time, things like that, we're going to get played, get used to it. But I praise God for men like Eddie sitting back there. I really do. I praise God for people like Tiny. I praise God. I I, I could go around the room right here in our house and tell you how God made a difference in some men's lives. But I could sit here and I could point to some and say, I've already been played once or twice by them. Not everything works. Christ works all the time. It's just sometimes we don't want to try anything new. We want to stay right where we're at. But you know something? I'm no different. You're no different than men that show up at the mission. That the women and the women with children that show up at the mission... Need a place to go. Matter of fact, we can be only just one step away from being in that position ourselves. If we're not careful, especially if we're living like the hypocrite of these Pharisees right here. I'm humbled that God would even give me a chance to see men's lives transformed at the mission. I think that each and every one of us in here today ought to be humbled because Christ entrusted us to share the gospel and see other people have their life changed from hell to heaven. To get that peace and that understanding that no matter what the struggle is, I have the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ to get through everything that I will face if I just stay where He wants me to be don't want to be a hypocrite don't be like the pharisees don't make up the rules of your own preferences take the whole counsel of the word of god don't take the pages out of the things that you don't want to live we need to have humility in our lives we need to live in a world that's real many people live in a they have a status quo life i would say can I say this to each and every one of us today? Jesus right here, when He speaks to us through this book, through His Word, His living Word, it's living it. it, 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 He's the same as He was all the way back then, but it's living it. I'm going to tell you something. I can read a scripture today that changes my life today, that uh, a total different problem, a total situation ten years ago, it changed my life then. Because He still lives. He's as real as the pages. It's the ink that's on this book. And he taught those the book tells us. Those who were willing to to, 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 to listen. He taught them as he walked on this earth. He taught them to be different from the outward religious people like these Pharisees. Don't want to be a hypocrite. Christ instructs us with these following things. Back where we started in chapter 23, in verse 8, it says, But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. We've got to remember there's one teacher Pastor Gwen, Brother Caleb. Myself, we may get up here and we may bring the message on Wednesday night. We we may bring the message, but I want you to remember this. There's only one great teacher and he's right here in the words of this book. And I'm going to tell you something. We've got to grab a hold of this and we've got to study this and we've got to learn. We've got to fall in love intimately with the Lord, with the Savior of this book right here. If we don't want to be hypocrites, it says it'll keep us from sinning. There's one teacher, that's Christ. And we should be learning directly from him. And verse 9 says, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. This doesn't denote your father, or your earthly father whatsoever, but I believe it denotes the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. And Christ is the ultimate authority. Make him your ultimate authority. When you come to a situation, if you'll hide the Word of God in your life, and you've heard me say this before, you'll come to a situation where you've got to make a decision. Am I going to do right or am I going to do wrong? And if you have that Word hidden in your heart, the Holy Spirit will bring it up like that, and you'll have the opportunity to walk the right way instead of going the wrong way. Oh, hypocrite, watch where you go. Verse 10, Neither be ye called masters, For one is your master, even Christ. I watch people use other people. I watch men at the mission use other men. I watch people in the house of God use other people. I watch people out there in everyday life, they'll use other people. Listen to me, don't let anyone use you whatsoever. Because Christ should be our only leader. Put him first, and he will lead you. In verse 11, I believe, is the kicker there. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. I don't care how mighty you think you are. I don't care how well-versed you think you are from the word of God. I don't care what statute you have. I don't care what seat you sit in. Man, I wanted, to go, I, wanted to go to, I wanted to go to a Christian concert. And, you know, some of those seats where you get close, they were $200. I thought, what happened to faith? See, it's become a living. You may, you, you may get mad at me when I say this. It's come to making a living. It's not coming about, let's go and let's glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and let's see people walk down. I I think of Billy Graham. I think of some of those people. They went and they set up. They preached the word of God. People sang back in the old days to see people walk the aisles and come to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. It's become entertainment now. What we need to do is we need to be the greatest among them and we need to find some people and begin to serve them like the Lord Jesus Christ. We have people in our church family that need some serving right now. We have people that aren't part of our church family that show up here or there or whatnot, and I'll tell you what, they need some compassion. They need some love. They need someone to serve them. I'm going to say this. I wasn't going to say it. You know, I thought about Sunday afternoon, setting up, breaking back down, And all that. There's only a couple of people that stuck around to do that. I think the men of the mission that stayed and did it. But, man, we need to learn how to serve within the house of God. We need to learn how to serve the Lord right here in the house of God. If you knew the things that needed to be done at this church, go back there and see Brother Steve's list. He's got a list about that long of things that need to be done around here. We need some help. So we need to begin to serve. Not only serve others, but serve our church family. Serve right here in the house of God. And it says about that greater one in verse 12, and Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. How well are you doing in serving the Lord Jesus Christ? How well are you doing in serving the, your church family? How well are you doing in serving the Lord God right here in his house? You know, I thought about this. and it's probably going to embarrass them. Sunday we left here after services and Brother Don and Miss Kathy were in there washing the dishes. The only ones in there. We got home and Terry looked at me and she said, Was Kathy in there washing all those dishes? And I said, She sure was. Man, I watched her as tears came in her eyes, and she said, I can't believe that I walked off and left her doing that. You know what I said to her, good husband? I said, well, why not you get back in the car and go help her? I'm just, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. But I think about Brother Don. Anything that goes on in this church, they're here. Brother Don, listen. I watch Brother Don sometimes walk sideways. He's hurting so bad. But I watch him grab chairs every Wednesday night and tables and stuff like that and everything. You wouldn't have coffee here if it wasn't for Brother Don. Because when Brother Don's not here, one of I forget it. We need to be servants and serve others like they do. I don't mean to be embarrassed. I'm not embarrassing. I, I, I love them. I love Brother Don. I hope that God would give me the opportunity to serve him the way that he does. Some are like Pharisees and a race to impress people by what they have and who they think they are. Maybe a brand new car, the type of car you drive. I'm somebody because I drive a BMW. I'm somebody because I have this home, and and look at my home, and, and and these are the accomplishments that I have. But you find out a lot of times when those things happen, you know something. I see the tithe and the mission going. On. I, I had a pastor get real mad at me one time. They built this multi-million-dollar building. He said, "What do you think about it? How do you?" Actually, me and a friend of mine that had a business together, we went over there and we put the 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 doors that went in the front, the big doors. They paid three. Uh, I'm sorry, they paid $30,000 for those doors to be made stained glass in them and everything I didn't want to work on them I was afraid I might dent it, break it, you know, do something to it I went over and he said, what do you think about it? I said, I think I'd have put a metal building up with a nice front around it like that and I said, man, I said, can you think of all the missionaries that y'all could have helped and all the people that could have been saved here in America and across the country see, the building doesn't impress me what impresses me is the people and the work of god's people inside the building i remember when i was younger i had three places that i lived in i had a home that i had in Picayune, mississippi where i came from i had a townhouse in bay st louis mississippi and i had a condo that i stayed in over in Gulf shores alabama when i was over in alabama and can i say this to you i thought i was somebody because of what i had but you know what i figured out i got saved and i figured out i was nobody i really had nothing until I found Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Yeah. And all that stuff came to where it meant nothing to me. It no, matter, no longer mattered whatsoever. I just wanted to be able to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Designer clothes, little trinkets. Got to have that special name and all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you something, in, in, in heaven, it ain't going to mean a thing. Right. Oh. Some of you wear clothes, I don't even know how to say the names on them. We don't even know where they came from. I, I, I called Terry, I watch RDF TV, as Rural Network TV, and, and I called Terry in there the other day, and, and I said, Terry, I said, look at this panel of these speakers up here, and she looked, and, 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 and she said, what about them? I said, they look pretty good, I said, they got a real nice cowboy hat on, they got blue blazers and black blazers and white shirts on, but I said, just, stay, just, just sit here for a minute, and all of a sudden, the camera goes down. They got old dirty boots on and raggedy blue jeans. Looked like they'd been in a field working somewhere. And I said, you see those four guys of the five? They're all multi-millionaires. But I said, the way they're dressed, they wouldn't impress anybody today. They wouldn't think they were anybody but just a dumb old country cowboy. I had a friend of mine who used to get $1,000 suits. He told me, he said, you need to wear a suit to make people think you're somebody. Nobody thought he was anybody but stupid because he wore $1,000 suits. Title means a lot to some people. Title in a church, title at work. I have a friend of mine, a little bit of a friend of mine, more of an acquaintance than a friend. and He was, he was the main speaker at this big preaching thing over in Africa. As they met the day before the meeting got started and all, they had a number of name brand speakers, and they were trying to figure out you're Dr. So and so, and you're this person, and you're that person, and you're all that person. What do we call you? And he said, Just call me Revet. Revet. That's what people called him. They said, you're a college professor. Uh, You've got a doctor. He he had a true doctor of psychology. I'm not talking about just in Christianity. He was a very smart individual. He had built great churches. He said, son, titles mean nothing. He said, the only title I want is well done. Well done when I see the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Dr. Nobody. He said, I just came to preach the word of God. Y'all can decide what y'all want to be. And call yourself whoever you want to be. I wrote this down in bold letters. It is hard to be humble when your own sense of importance is uppermost in your mind. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That ought to be our desire in life. This is the the humble that I want to be. This is the humble that each and every one of us ought to be. I want to be exalted by Him so I can do the work for Him while I'm here on this earth. This should be all of our desires. Is this your desire today? Is it your desire to humble yourself before the God? To do justly before him to walk with him the way that he wants you to walk with him and i close with this story and you know i i didn't do too good in english and literature and history and all that kind of stuff except for in a few classes that i liked but i remember i had a history teacher and she and she taught us this story a long time ago and it's by a person, and I don't remember the whole story. I may have this wrong a little bit, not necessarily, but, but the person Aesop, Fables, is what it was called. And, and I'm not sure whether, if I remember her stating right, I'm not sure whether that this was really ever a real person or just stories that got put together and put in fables and stuff like this. I, you know, Some people thought that, that he or she, they didn't even know whether it was a he or she, may have been a slave owner going, whoa, you know, back to almost the beginning of time. I don't know whether they even lived or whether they didn't. But I remember that story she told us when I was a teenager. It was about a wolf and it was about a lion. And the wolf's standing up on a little bit of a mountaintop hill thing there with the sun behind him. And he's looking down in that great big shadow of his. And he really began to think that he was more than what he was. He began to think that he was something else. And he failed to forget that there was a lion behind him that he didn't see, sneaking up on him. And as that lion grabbed a hold of him, and as that wolf struggled in the fangs of that lion there, he realized that it was his exaggerated sense of life that caused his demise. But by then it was too late. Some of us that may be sitting here today that you're not certain about whether you know Christ or not. You say, well, I think I may be going to heaven. Don't be exaggerated. Don't think it, know it. Because the Word of God says it's through faith we are saved. It's through a a, a belief in my heart. Trust in Christ. That he died on the cross of Calvary. That he came back on the third day. That he was raised from the dead by his father. And that he's coming for you again. And sometimes we begin to look at our lives and, and our demise because of a hypocrite. I thought about this. I thought about my family. How bad it would feel to know that my grandchildren went to hell because dad played a hypocrite. All this life, because that's what I was until the day I got saved. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not a hypocrite now. But I was the biggest at that time because I needed Christ as my Lord and Savior. What truly is your life like today? What type of picture? Is it a picture that is in your mind as it was with that woof, exaggerated picture of your Work for the Lord Jesus Christ, is your following the Lord Jesus Christ? Is your service to the Lord Jesus Christ and service to others? Or is it the life that Christ would want you to have? The real that Christ Jesus sees in you today? Is that what the picture of your life is really, really like? Are you humbled about the folks around you and your service for the Lord God? Don't want to be a part time Christian? If I could stop it, I'd stop it. But you're the only one that can decide how you're going to serve the Lord God of heaven. It's not left up to me. It's not left up to Bobby. It's not left up to Chris. It's not left up to Pastor Gwen. Not left up to your mama, not left up to your daddy, your husband, your wife, your children. It's left up to each individual sitting here today. What's your life really like before the Lord Jesus Christ? May we stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.